Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Mfundisi and Mama Mfundisi, for this opportunity and be trusted to share the word of God with his people. Um, we are going to look from the book of John chapter 6, verse 1 to verse number 14. We will pick up the verses as we go along with our message today in order to try and save time. And this time I've asked uh, Brother Vass to assist me to be nearby when I get carried away. <laughs> oh yes, I don't want to be, <laughs> yeah, I, want to, I don't want the pastor to assist me. But as I was praying and preparing for this message, I believe I'm going to share, but God is here to minister to your life. I pray that you'll find it in your heart to connect with today's message. As I share, I believe God is at work. Let me pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this moment to be able to share from your word. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Our minds will be transformed. Our lives will never be the same. I ask this in the precious name, the name of Jesus. Okay. Verse number one and verse number two in John 6. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the sign, the signs he had performed by healing the sick. And from these two verses, I've titled them that we need to examine our motive when we follow Jesus. We can see here, as Jesus crossed over from Jerusalem to Galilee, he is followed by a great crowd of people. And the Bible indicates their motivation because they've seen him performing signs. They followed him because of his performance. Is, I have this belief that they did not follow him for who he is. They did not follow him because of the faith they had in him. They were motivated by his performance instead of love for him. It's okay when we are still infants in the Lord 
to be motivated by the things that are happening. But we need to grow a step further and follow him because we understand who he is. It's very important to always examine our motive for associating ourselves with Jesus Christ. For me, it's a constant, it's a daily struggle that every day I need to try and ask God to help me so that my motives are clear. I clearly understand who he is. Brothers and sisters, for everyone who follows Jesus, there was a time where you walk with his disciples. Then he asked them a question. Who do people say I am? Then they give all sorts of answers. But he was very direct with his disciples as well. Who do you say I am? Because he wanted to make sure that they have a clear revelation of who he is. Do we follow him because we have a personal relationship with him? Or we follow him for material and physical gains? For me personally, I've learned and I always choose to follow him for who he is. God is doing great things, amazing things in my life. But I don't want them to be the sole motivation for me in order to follow him. The fact that he loved me so much and sacrificed his life on the cross, it's enough for me. But God being so gracious, he's able to do and even material things which are not so much of a focus at my stage. But our God is able. Even when it does not perform any miracle, I've made a commitment that I will remain loyal to him. Listen to verse number three to verse number six. Whereby Jesus now test the faith of his trusted Disciples, he tested their faith. There is a difference between testing and temptation. The intention of testing is to pull you up. The intention of, te of tempting is to pull you down. But I'll come back to this point shortly. Let us read verse number 3 to 6. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Verse number 6, which is our key verse this morning. He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Verse 
And it's interesting when we read the response from Philip. He responded from the position of the flesh. You know, when we read the Bible and try to interpret it, at times we think we could have responded better. <laughs> but the reality, the reality is not so. But anyway, what can we learn from his response? Listen to verse number seven. Philip answered him, it will take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. In other words, the way I read his response, he's saying, wait a little bit, Lord. This is not possible. We need more time to raise funds for this huge project. We need to take a step back, think about it, pray about it, plan well. It's so huge. But also, his response was also centered around money. It's centered around what could not, what could not be done. You know, as ministries, as churches, it's always difficult at times to strike the balance. Because we are called to walk by faith. But at the same time, the Bible advised us to calculate the cost before we embark on the journey or any project. So we always need to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I want to believe that Philip was caught off guard when the Lord confronted him and expected him to give an answer. Then he quickly took out his calculator. <laughs> said, no, Lord, not today, not now, not again, Lord. So he gave the finance-driven response. But I believe at this time, Jesus was expecting a response that is based on faith, that is based on trusting him completely. So he gave a budget-based response. But again, in verse number 5 and verse number 6, let's go back to this question. In verse number 6, it clearly tells us that Jesus asked in order to test Philip. Test can be a tool to strengthen us and build us up in our faith. I believe as I read this passage that Jesus wanted to deepen and mature the faith of his disciples. The intention of testing is positive outcome. He wanted to elevate them to another level. 
And I believe this morning that God is about to turn your test into a testimony. As I was praying, the Lord laid it so much in my heart that there are three people I need to pray for before I exit that door today. Because God is at work in your life. Two of these people are involved in business. And things seem to not work out. I have good news for you. Allow me to pray for you before I exit that door. God sees it all. Another person I want to pray for is somebody who has a sickness in, in her family. And it's a burden. It wears you out. God wants to come alongside and intervene in your family situation. Those three people, I must pray for them before I leave because God wants to turn your test into a testimony. And I want to assure you this morning that whatever that we are facing and seems to be impossible, Jesus has the solution. That is the beauty of walking with Jesus of living for him. Because when we are confused and we don't know which direction, what decision to take, he has the solution. Listen to verse number six, the second part. Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do. For him, it was not a surprise. But it was an opportunity to, to, to educate, to strengthen, to grow the faith of his disciples, he already had in mind what he was going to do. God never and will never ask a question without having the answer already. When he asked Adam, where are you? Do you think he was not aware? When he asked Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Do you think he was not sure he had to rely on his answer? The Bible says he already had in mind, already had a solution. This is Christ we serve, Bazalwan. Jesus always knows where, what he's going to do. He is an omniscient God. Jesus knows every detail concerning your life. As we are here this morning, to us, you look so pretty and so well. And we appreciate you for being here this morning. But Jesus is able to see more than what our eyes can see. He knows exactly what is happening in your life right now. Why we have questions and there are no answers, he knows. Because he always knows he's an omniscient God. And he has the solution for every challenge and problem you may encounter in life. But also, 
I believe that Jesus asked this question to reveal the attributes of God in him. He wanted to remind them that he is an omniscient God. God who knows everything. He also wanted to remind them that he's an omnipotent God, an all-powerful God. All-powerful God. And this God is able to turn any mess, any complicated situation, no matter how big the mess is, he is able to turn it into a message. And I believe throughout the course of this week, God is going to intervene in a strange way in your life. I want to encourage you. When God has intervened, please share with the pastor what God has done. Because God is so much interested in the details patterning your life. He's not just a Sunday God. That we have come here, we have ticked the box, now we'll leave this place and carry out with our lives. He wants to be involved almost on a daily basis in your life. Thank God for verse number nine. Because there was also another responded to the question. Where shall we get food to feed all these people? At least, verse number nine introduced us to Andrew. And he gave what I call a progressive response. Unlike Philip who said, hey, Lord, there's nothing we can do. Let's leave it as it is. Maybe let's try to wrap up and close this session. <laughs> but Andrew says, here is a boy with five small belly loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? You look at the crowd. He says, praise God, we have this small boy with some provision. But it's not going to take us any far. Friends, we serve an amazing God. God can use the little things, small things. I thought of the day when God used the stick to part the whole Red Sea. God used a stone and a sling to remove a giant, to kill Goliath. If we serve such a mighty God, God who knows everything, what will prevent us to fully surrender our lives and yield to his will and ways? Maybe you look at your ability or resources, you say they are very small. But I want to remind that God is still God. He can use anything. The Bible tells that he took these five flows and two, and two, and two fish. He thanked and blessed them. 
And the little thing he took, it turned into a lot. Because this was Jesus. And he already knew what he was going to do. It was part of his plan that none of these people will starve. He had an answer. You may be sitting here this morning, and when you look at yourself, you look and you say, Lord, I don't have anything. What I have is too little. It's not by mistake that God has trusted you with little things. In verse 9, the boy gave the little he had. Maybe God is not asking too much from me as well. Because God knows me. He knows every detail. He knows my ability. But God may want you to surrender the little that you have. If you consider to give it to God, whether it's great or small, God wants to use it for his glory. Brothers and sisters, it's not always about the size of the, of the gift. But it's always about the heart of the giver. We don't give to impress. We don't give to show off. But we give because our giving is part and parcel of worshiping the Lord. And it's God who gives us opportunities to be involved and participate in what he's doing. God allows us to be involved for a purpose. I want to encourage you. I was once also in a stage or in a level whereby I thought all I need to do is to ask, receive, receive from the Lord. But God also wants us to grow and mature and reach the place whereby we will not need to be asked to give, but it will come out willingly. And I want you to consider this morning to share your resources, to allow Jesus to have full access into your resources and see what is going to happen in your life. Verse 10 to 13, I'm not going to read it. But I've drafted some few points. Because it shows us that after they've enjoyed what became a meal, there was a surplus. And it's interesting to see the very same people, Andrew and others, who were doubting whether there will be enough food Jesus chose to use them to distribute the food to the crowd. Because he wanted them to know that he's in control. 
when it looks impossible, just keep saving and trust God. And it is God who will do the impossible. Maybe you are sitting here this morning. You look at things you face in life. You say, there is no way. But I want to remind you that God is still in control. And is interested to be involved in your life. God is not looking for excuses. But God is looking for a heart full of faith. You may forget everything that I've shared this morning. But if you'll do me a favor of remembering verse number six. He asked this only to test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. My brother, my sister, rest assured. Jesus has the perfect plan for your life. He knows your situation. He has the answer for your challenges. As I pray this morning, I really want to ask you to open your heart to him. Allow him to embrace you. Allow him to pour his love to your heart. Allow Jesus to help you. Allow the Holy Spirit to lift you up. Allow the Holy Spirit to be the master of your life. Allow him to give you advice even on your daily matters. Pay attention to his voice. He's got you. He's got you. He's got your back. You are not alone. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He wants to help you. Maybe we can stand as I pray. If there are those three people who say, Pastor, before you exit, that's me. My business needs the touch of the Lord. I'm that person who has carried so much for my family. I need God to ease my burden. Just come up front. Then I will be happy to minister to you. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Your word is alive. You know and examine our hearts. You know exactly what we face in life, what we go through, what encourages us, what discourages us. This morning, I thank you once again for the opportunity to minister your way. Lord, I pray that it will prevail, continue to touch life and transform circumstances and situations. Those you want to touch and minister to their area of business and family, Thank you, Lord, that you see it all. I pray that from now on, they will have a testimony to share that God so divinely intervened and nothing remained the same. May they experience your touch and your blessing. Thank you for each and every soul that have received your word this morning. I pray blessing over them in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. God bless you.